Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for once again allowing us to be together. Give us a heart to listen to you, to share you, to share a faith, to worship you as we discuss your things, Lord. Be with us. In your name, amen. Amen. So we are finishing the subject of obedience. And I start my lesson, our discussion, with, yes, I was obedient this week. Not just like you were. But we tried, right? We tried. And the Lord wants us to be intentional in trying. And that's what we have been discussing. And we had examples of obedience and disobedience. And we talked last time about the greatest example of obedience, Christ. Anything, any questions on that subject before we move on? And I thought, I think we, we moved on uh, from there. And we uh, started with the promises and blessings of obedience. And we read John 15, 10 to 14. Remember that? No? Yes. yes. <laughs> you wrote it down. <laughs> and? And what about it? We, yes. And, and I, I remember from last Sunday the abide in Christ and what that means. Remember what that means? And what we meant, and what he meant by that. Anyone? What do we, what's the word abide means? Permanecer. Permanecer. Now in English. What? Live in him. Permanecer. Anybody else? To be close to him. Huh? Remain to be in, in him. And that's what we have to be, and we, I use the word intentional. Intentional. And I, I have um, um, a quick um, message, um, I think it's 10 minutes, on... Um, Title: How can I grow in obeying God? From and I tried to get someone else but Piper, but everybody else has hours and two hours. <laughs> he makes them short, so it's easier to to use them here. That's why I'm using more more often. And he ha- I have two of them. I have one that's uh, the eight steps of Christian obedience. That's an eight minute. And the other one is the, the 12, 12 minutes. So I'm going to try to, to finish with one of those, okay, today. Uh, but uh, as we continue on, I want to go to 1 John three twenty one and 24. Can someone look it up for me, please, and read it? <coughs> and we're looking at the promises and blessings of obedience. 
Oh. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, let's take it one at a time. It says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. It's a lot there, right? Why would our heart condemn us? Not all at the same time. I can't hear you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like when the kids, they always sound, Jesus! <laughs> it's the right answer. But is it always that way? I'm just asking. We condemned ourselves, right? Yes. And I think that's his point. And I think that's the point that he's making. Don't condemn yourselves. We know the truth, right? We have confidence before God. And I think that's the point that he's making. You are in Christ. And he makes the point in the last verse that we read. Says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments. We're obedient. Okay, can we really keep his commandments? Fully? Only in him and through him and for him. We're made for. Right? Maybe. And do what pleases him. And this is his commandment. That we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another, even Tony. Just as he has commanded us. See, he commanded me to love Tony. I don't know. Miriam, I think you're biased. I don't know, Miriam. Don't you guys think so? She's a little... Um... <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Exactly. All right. All right. I'm trying to stay away from Troy, but I got to go back to Troy then. <laughs> no one defends Troy, so... <laughs> But we command it. And that's difficult for us to, to digest. We are commanded. You do it because I say so. Does that remind you of growing up? Mm-hmm. And we were so happy when they said that, Right? No. And we still don't. When there's a command, we're like, don't manage me. 
but God commands us. And we have to follow him. And that's the, that's the fight that we struggle every single day. And we have to understand that there's a promise. Well, but I don't know. Because I don't see it now. It's not for now. It's for eternity. You see how our mind has to change? You see how we need to change how we see things? How we digest things? How we process things? Because we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Yes. Fuzzy, yeah. Like Tony's. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, I'm glad he's not here, because otherwise it would have gone straight to his head. But uh, we've said it, and I think I've said it from from here. Um, Yes, yes, it's how we live, love one another. It's how we demonstrate the love of God in us to others. And yes, sometimes we're a little rough. Sometimes we come out mecha corta, you know, short fuse. But um, we love one another. And we have to be there, even, especially in the difficult times. Especially. And without expecting something in return. And that is the difficult part. Because it's always a quick pro quo. You know, you do this for me, so I, you know, and, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Because that's the world. But I go back, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. And we showed the world that he is in us and how we react and live for Christ in the world. In obedience. Make sense? And that's what we're reading in 1 John. That's what he is saying. Don't come down yourself. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. How is Christ in you? The Holy Spirit. So live for him. And love one another. Life will be good. In him. Is it as good as the world says it's going to be? No. But it's going to be as good as the Lord says it's going to be. With the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we have to make that promise our own. Every single day. In whatever situation you're in. When you wake up in the morning, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Today is going to be a great day because I am 
the Lord's. And all of a sudden, blah, everything just, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we talk about our friends who are going through very difficult times, and we go visit them, and they bless us. You know, we go because we, we think they're, and, and, and we come out full of, of love and the Lord, and we see the Lord doing great things, and it's them ministering to us. But wait, are they going through a very difficult cancer? You can't even tell. Why? Because they're living in the promise. They're living not for today, but for eternity. They're convinced of that. Are you convinced? Hopefully that's what you take out of this. Convince yourself that the promises of the Lord are true. And they are forever. Anything else? Let's move on. Matthew 7, 24, 27. Who can read it for me? All right, so let's set it up. This is Christ. Before all that, he was preaching. It was a lot before that. Even before that, it's where he says, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name or do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And then he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You hear and you apply and do. You hear and you obey. But it's not just obedience. It's grace and we'll talk about that. Because otherwise, and I said it before, it's legalism. You're missing the point. You never understood if you don't understand grace. Yes, we have to do something. In Christ, he does it. You know, there's, there's, a, there's an action that comes from faith. You have to do it. You can't just stop. And that's what he's saying. That's what we're talking about. Obeying. Because we understood that he is who he said he is. You have a question in you. It's come, it's, it, I see it in your face. Don't do it. So, it's easier to say than done, though. Don't do it. Last one, don't do it. Do you do that? Don't do it. I'm telling myself, don't do it. 
Think, think of this. Think of this. Christ on the cross. On the cross. And they were not cheering for him. What were people doing? To do what? Because he was dying. Right? They were insulting him. Yeah. But he, I understand. I understand, but that doesn't give you permission. And that's what I'm trying to say. And this is our dependency on him. And I'm not saying that we cross the line. But don't make it a habit. And work on, and this is where we need to work on our salvation. This is the effort that we have to make in Christ and our dependency on the Holy Spirit. And every single day. And be, and He calls us to be and to do it and to work for Him. And you be a testimony of His love for those who are not in him, in those places. I go, I go through the same situation. You know, I, I'm, I'm in meetings where they're discussing, you know, the, the newest way that LGBTQ, blah, 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 we, they're going to do this, and we have this show that is coming. And, it, it, and it's like, no. And I, I, I say, you know, I don't agree. And they know where I stand. And I'm telling you, many times I leave conversations and I'm like, oh, here it goes. They're going to call me, HR is coming, and adios, Victor. But it hasn't happened, and I praise the Lord for it. And, and I... And I pray for them. And I, and I say, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And I pray intentionally for each one of them. Pray for them. Pray for your interaction with those people. May they see you, Lord, as I, as I do what I need to do. Do you do that in your, in your work, in your vocation? Do you pray for your boss? Do you pray for your, for your co-worker? For the people that you are in charge of? That they see you, that they hear God and not you? When they come with, with a problem, do you listen and you say, you know, you mind if I close the door and we pray? They might be, they might be a positive or a negative consequence. But you're in the Lord. And the Lord provided that job for you. And he is going to, if he wants you, he's going to take it away. Or he's going to keep you there. Because it's not you. It's the Lord. You follow what I'm saying? You follow what I'm saying, Osborne? Yeah. And I know it's easier said than done. But start doing it.
That's our dependency, our obedience. Why not? I want to know what the will of God is. The will of God is for you to work for him and be an example to others of his love. Wherever you are, whatever the situation, whether it is as an electrician, whether it is a doctor, cleaning houses, at a boardroom, wherever you are, that is your vocation, do it for the Lord. Do it for Christ. And if you're tempted, go to him. God is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Depend on him. He said, Lord, I've been tempted. Help me. I need you. How do I manage this? Help me run away from this. I've been there. And it happens constantly, guys. I know. You think it doesn't happen to you? Think again. You're not paying attention to your life. You're looking at me like I'm stepping on your toes. And if I am, good. Because you need to depend on the Lord. You need to be an example to others of his love. So you can bring the gospel to them. That's what we're called to do. Go therefore, as you go, make disciples of all nations. That's what you're called to do. If you're an electrician, be the best one so they can see Christ in you doing that. If you're a manager, be the best manager you can in handling your people so they can see Christ on how you manage them. With every moment, yes. All right, enough preaching. Anything else? Anything else? All right. We have a few areas of obedience according to the Bible, and we always go to the Bible. So let's, uh, let's just start here. Who wants to get the first one? Colossians. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not pointing at anyone. Anyone? All right, Tony, thank you. Ephesians. Ma'am, thank you. Ephesians 6. Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 13. Yes, ma'am. And Romans 13. Let's go to this side. Okay, excellent. And we're going to look at who's called to be obedient, to whom, and why. And guys, we have read this many a times. These are not new. All right? So let's go to the first one. Tony. All right, so who? Children. Children. That includes you. Why? Because you're a child of God. 
Of course, Paul is talking to children. <laughs> but I wanted, to, I wanted to point that because John looked at me like, what? To whom? Parents. parents. And yes, we can discuss parents. Sometimes parents, they don't do what parents need to do. But children, you are called to obey your parents. I know they're not here, but we do try to te teach them that in our classes. Why? Because they say so. Huh? Because it pleases God. Because it pleases God. That is doctrine. And those of us who have children little children, teach them what the Bible says. It pleases God. It pleases God. Next. Who has the next one? Uh-huh. Whom? The wives. To whom? Why? And this is, and you know the argument about submission and why, and abusive and all that, they never read the why. And they don't, don't like to discuss the why. Why? Men, why? Anyone? Christ is the head of the church. And what did Christ do? He gave himself. And what are we to do for our wives? Men, give ourselves to them. Verse 25. That's why we have to read and understand the Bible within the Bible. Just don't cut it and say, okay, this is the only thing that applies. Yes. Wives submit, and men are to do even more. We are called to give ourselves to them. Sacrificially, what's that? I mean, sacrificially. We need to love them beyond love. Married men, do you love your wife beyond love? Don't answer. I know she's next to you. I want to say in public that I do. She's not here to throw anything at me. So. But I try, and I know you guys try. We try. Most of us. All right, next. Mm. Who? Who's supposed to 
Slaves. We don't have slaves. You have slaves? It's hard for us to understand some of the language in the Bible. But understand it. Understand it. It's bond servants, bound to service. To whom? To masters. Why? What does it say? All right, read it again, ma'am. He will receive the same from the Lord. See the promise? Let's apply it to our context today. Employee. Do good to your employers, your boss. You hear that, Osborne? Why? Because you will. The good you do, you will get it from the Lord. That's our dependency, and that's the promise. I heard people say, I don't know what it is. Or you're different. And I say, yep. And it's not me. It's the one who lives in me. And they go, huh? And they walk away. Because they don't want to hear it. Some they do. Other times they said, oh, you're one of those. It's like, yep. I'm proud of it too. Yes, some. Yeah. There's one. Let me let me ask you this, Osborne. Let me ask you this. Are you better than them? Then it's all about grace. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's all about grace, guys. It's understanding that we're not different. We're sinners, all of us, them and us. But God called you, and you found something. You found him. He found you and called you. And he went. He's always calling. He's knocks. He's knocking. And you answered. They haven't answered. I don't know if they're going to answer it. But if you treat them just like everybody else, they won't know the difference. They will not, they will not understand grace. They won't come to you and say, you're different. What, what's with you? I'll be with you in a sec. So, so realize the gift that you have. Understand the precious moments that the Holy Spirit and Christ are giving you 
to be a testimony of his, their love for, for you to them. So all that's taking place while I'm going through this. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All of that. Yes, Mike. Right. Yes. Yeah. To show. Yeah. All right. Next. I'm sorry. Amen. Angry. Right. Correct. Remember, it's the temptation. We're going to be tempted, and that's the temptation. It's how we react to the temptation that we have to manage. Next. Almost done. Hebrews 13, 17. And that's specifically talking about church leadership. So, who? To church leadership. Leadership. Whom? <laughs> All of us. <laughs> Why? Read it again, ma'am, so they can hear you in uh, the airport. Uh-huh. And let them, help them do it with joy. Next, last one. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But he's not my president. That's why I put it there, guys. Because at the end of the day, God allowed that to happen. God put him there. Yes, sir. What does that, what does that say to you? Or they, or they come and they name whatever director you don't like. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm saying it. That's exactly what I'm saying. You see, the, the point of all this is that we are to be obedient. Especially when we don't like it. When it comes from his word and he says to do it yes if they're asking you to do something that's contrary to the word of God yes you don't do it you don't do it that's why we have to study the, the Bible that's why we have to be Bereans that's what whenever we come here and I say something or, or Freddie, or, or Edwin, or whomever is here, that is contrary to the word of God. Don't take it. Say, hey, no. The word says this. How do you reconcile what you're saying with this? Don't take it. We're human. We're fallible. We might have misunderstood. Or... Someone wants to control you. And no, it's not going to happen. You can't allow that to happen. If it's contrary to the word of God, no. No. And if it's not fixed, 
you need to figure out where you need to go. Some of you have come from, from churches like that. And it is, guys, it, it's okay to question when you have the basis to question it. Don't question it because your interpretation is better than the other interpretation. I mean, have a, 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 a rational and, and clear conversation based on the facts of your study. But it's, if it's totally wrong, say it. No. You wanted to say something, and then I'll come with you. Right. Correct. Church, losing a job, being thrown in prison, or whatever. Correct. I had someone come to me and ask me, "This is what's happening in the job I have," and that person needed that job, but but this, this is wrong. What do you think I need to do? And we had a conversation. It wasn't a, and I'm like, "What do you think you need to do?" I think I need to leave. Yes. If you're not heard, if they can't change, if they don't want to change, yes. You can't be there. You can't support that. Because it's blatantly, blatantly wrong, especially if you're working for a ministry. You can't support it. Someone wanted to say something else. Yours or God. Oh, God, God. Amen. Right on. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. I have a... I'm going to try to play a audio. And I'm going to play um, How Can I Grow in Obeying God? It should go fast, so bear with me, um, and then we'll be done, okay? I'm going to try to play it. Troy, uh, I think I have the, uh, the computer connected. Have it? In Romans 1, verse 5, the Apostle Paul talks about the obedience of faith. Uh, or more clearly, the obedience that comes from faith, as the NIV puts it. We obey God only by faith in God. Faithless obedience is a fiction. And this point in this text led to a late night life change moment for one of our listeners named Stefan. Stefan writes in to say this, I was listening to Piper's sermon on Romans 1.5 late one night as I was battling to go to sleep. I'm going to assume that he was up and needed something to do, not that he was trying to fall asleep. Uh, the whole week uh, was one great struggle for me against my flesh. I heard this verse taught like never before. It completely changed the way I went about pursuing Christ. I was going about pursuing holiness the wrong way. The Lord spoke clearly to me that I had to stop making my number one goal holiness. My life goal is to delight myself in him, and from the joy I receive in him comes the grace which I received by faith to do good works. Thank you, Stefan, for that testimony. Here's the clip that Stefan shared in particular, John Piper preaching on Romans 1, verse 5, back in 1998. Here he is. 
In the book of Romans, obedience is very important. Chapter 6 is going to talk about obedience. You are a slave to the one you obey, whether to righteousness or to sin. Chapter 9, verse 32 says, By faith and not as though it were, were by works, we obey the law. Chapter 14, verse 23 says, Whatever is not from faith is sin. Which means any attempt at obedience or any other act which isn't springing from a heart of faith winds up in just being sin because it displeases the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews eleven six. Well, because of those kinds of verses and because of this word obedience, I'm inclined to go with the NIV here and say that the meaning is the goal or the effect of Paul's apostleship and grace is to bring about faith which yields obedience or to bring about the obedience which springs from faith. Say it either way you want. Both are true. Faith is his goal and the obedience which comes from it is his goal. So Paul puts a very great premium on the fact that Obedience comes from faith. All true obedience comes by faith. Why is it that faith yields obedience? Back up with me to point number one, or the first part of the verse. There it says, I receive grace for apostleship. And that means that the ministry of apostleship and the obedience of apostleship is the gift of grace. And I argued that you don't receive this grace by works, but you receive it by faith. And therefore grace, grace flows, giving gifts and enablement for gifts and the obedience involved in fulfilling that gift through grace. And how is it received? It's received by faith. And therefore, you have the obedience of faith already implicit in point number one. You, you get that? If our gifts and our ministry and the obedience of that ministry are given by grace, and if grace is received by faith and not by works, then that obedience is channeled through faith and is called, in point number two, the obedience of faith. Faith correlates with grace, and therefore the obedience that comes from grace also is the obedience that comes from faith. So if you want to be an obedient person and live the Christian life the way Paul conceives it, then work on your faith. Don't try to work on your works because you'll wind up being a legalist. Work on your faith. Focus on the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so focus on Christ. Know Christ. Delight in Christ. Meditate on Christ. Get the whole Christ before you. Faith will rise because grace will be coming through it and then obedience flows out from it. Why does God set it up this way? Why does God have such a passion to be the giver here, the gracer? 
And why does he establish it so that works, our works, do not get it? Faith, like a little child receiving it, gets it. Why did he set up a salvation? And why did he set up an apostleship, a motherhood, a singleness, a pastorate, a studentship, a nursery worker? Why did he set up the Christian life so that all of life is a believing reception of grace, which then empowers obedience? Why did he make himself the origin of it all and the enabler of it all? And the answer to that is given at the end of verse 5. Through Christ we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles or nations or peoples. Why? What's the ultimate goal? For his name's sake. The ultimate goal of all God's dealings with you is that the name of Christ would be exalted in your life and in your job and in your family and among your friendships and everywhere you go this afternoon and tomorrow. Will Christ be exalted? Will people read the banner of Christ off your life? That's why you exist. If you wonder, why do I exist? State it in your mind right now. I exist ultimately because... Now fill in the blank. And I pray that God would enable you, give you the humility and grace to fill it in, that the name of Christ be exalted in my life. If you write that as the reason you exist, everything will be different. Now this is why... God makes our salvation and our ministry and all our obedience dependent upon grace through faith. If our obedience, if our ministry were to come by works, we would get the glory. If I accomplish the pastorate, In the strength that John Piper supplies, John Piper will get the glory and perish with it. If I accomplish the pastorate in the strength that God supplies, God will get the glory and I will get the help. That's why he says it's all by grace through faith. Let me read you. I'm going to go outside Romans here. Only time I'm going outside Romans this morning. But it is so good. The way Peter says it just can't be improved upon. 1 Peter 4.11 puts it like this. Whoever serves... Now, let's just make sure we all put ourselves in there. I say pastor, father, husband... You fill in the blank, okay? Grandmother, aunt, uncle, Sunday school teacher, computer specialist, policeman, bricklayer. You got your two or three things that you occupy your life with now? Whoever serves is to do so in the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen.
Everywhere I go to speak, I was in Orlando on Thursday night. I spoke in video conferencing with Perth, Australia, 7 o'clock Thursday morning. I went up to Winnipeg a week ago. Everywhere I go, almost, I quote this verse. And I say something like, at Bethlehem, the closest thing I have to a verse that sums up a ministry philosophy is 1 Peter 4.11. Let him who serves, serve in the strength that God supplies in order that God would get the glory. And I always use those gestures. Like that. And that's my theology. Just like that. And if you get that, if you if you are deaf here this morning and can read my lips, perhaps, and you see, God, I need you. I need you for this ministry. I need you for this sermon. I need you for the baby dedication. I need you to make it good for Noel today. Give it to me. By grace, I trust you. I don't deserve this. I'll give you the glory. You get the glory. People will see the glory. You get the glory. I get the help. Good deal. This is my theology. And I believe it's Romans 1.5. If it's not Romans 1.5, you need to write me a letter. Wonderful clip. Wonderful clip at 2 a.m. in the morning when you can't sleep. Yeah, it's from John. Even when you can't sleep. So wonderful. You get it? You understand? I think we're going to finish with that. Appreciate you guys coming in. We'll start next Sunday with God's will and guidance. Okay? Father, we thank you for the time. We pray, Lord, to come to help us, to be with us, to speak for us. May you get all glory in your name. Amen.